Liberty Solutions here. We are a no whining allowed show on what the people can actually do about today's problems. Who decides, you or a DC career politician surrounded by marble and money? We like facts, so caution out to prisoners of their own drama. There's logic here. As Mark Twain said, politicians in diapers need to be changed often and for the same reason. Hey, Keith Bissett here, hosting today's episode on the October 2018 replacement of NAFTA with a new agreement named the United States-Mexico-Canada Agreement, or USMCA. We have three guests today, all with the Convention of States Project. Nancy Suits, the Florida State Communications Director, Michelle Laflamme, the Florida State Director, and Rodney Huckleberry, a past state's regional director. The 1994 North American Free Trade Agreement, or NAFTA, was replaced in October 2018 with the United States-Mexico-Canada Agreement, called the USMCA. The new agreement increases the government control of business and trade between the North American countries. As far as the law goes, the uh, USMCA, it's available on USTR.gov. That's the office of the U.S. Trade Representative. And the purpose of the agreement, quote, replace the 1994 NAFTA with a 21st century high standard new agreement to support mutually beneficial trade leading to freer, fairer markets. And the purpose is to recognize their inherent right to regulate, protect legitimate public welfare objectives, improve the stability of the financial system and public morals. It's for the protection and enforcement of labor rights. It's to recognize the important work that their relevant authorities are doing to strengthen macroeconomic cooperation, and it affirms the existing rights and obligations under the World Trade Organization Agreement. That's all quotes from the purpose of the agreement. And the first section is the U.S. tariff schedule, the Mexico tariff schedule, and the Canadian tariff schedule. A couple of the interesting rules in it. Uh, One I thought was kind of amusing is that there's a rule about the legal names that you can call cheeses, it requires 40% of cars to use at least $16 an hour labor. 75% of the components have to be from U.S., Canada, or Mexico. So it's going to lower the amount of our car components that come from Asia. It increases the steel costs because there's tariffs on Canadian steel imports, which is what a lot of car steel is made with. Uh, It forces Mexico to make unions easier to form. So they want to use the uh, U.S. and Canadian union laws. They want to force Mexico to make laws to follow that. Ron Paul discussed the trade agreement on his Liberty Report podcast on the 9th called NAFTA 2.0, Free Trade or Central Planning? Sadly, instead of replacing NAFTA's managed trade with true free trade, the new USMCA expands government's control over trade. For example, under the USMCA's rules of origin, at least 75% of a car's parts must be from the U.S., Canada, or Mexico in order to avoid tariffs. This is protectionism designed to raise prices of cars using materials from outside North America. The USMCA also requires that 40 to 45% of an automobile's content be made by workers earning at least $16 per hour 
Like all government set wages, this requirement will increase prices and decrease employment. The USMCA also requires Mexico to pass legislation recognizing the right of collective bargaining. In other words, this so-called free trade agreement forces Mexico to import U.S.-style compulsory unionism. Also, we must work to stop the government from trying to control our economic activities through regulations, taxes, and most importantly, control of the currency through central banking and legal tender laws. Well, according to Ron, it sounds like more regulation, not, which I guess they were right in taking away the phrase free trade. That's, that's, that's true. In fact, Trump hated the title of the NAFTA, right? Yeah, they didn't use free trade in the title of the new agreement. Doesn't seem to be about free trade, in my opinion. Yeah, he picked out some of the things that he objected to the most. And how is this? Are those are those changes made from NAFTA? It's this is this is an agreement replacing NAFTA. What are the? What's different in this than than what was in NAFTA? Uh, apparently, it had something to do with influencing imports from Asia agreeing to only trade between Mexico, Canada, and the United States. Well, it limits uh, 75% of the car parts have to be from North America. So it's going to reduce the amount of parts in cars from Asia. Is that the case for all industries or just the car industry? Uh, I use the car industry as an example. The 75% is a car industry. Uh, it also regulates cheese. It regulates milk. It regulates steel. Um, I didn't read all the different things. That's It's a long document. I read the purpose, and I looked just briefly at the tariffs. The first section, that's the first main section is on tariffs. It lists tariffs. doesn't seem like a free trade document, but that's what it does. Well, I'm not necessarily a protectionist, but I can remember back in 1994 when this came up, and I don't remember any arguments for or against it at the time. But I know I did kind of freak out over the whole thing because a uh, global thing like that, it just allows all the other countries to come in and uh, enforce their regulations on other countries and uh, things like that. And that's kind of exactly what happened. Working with Boeing and what happened to the airline interests are there and having to arbitrate in the World Trade Organization is a typical process. It's like a court. And... So I don't see anything good about NAFTA. Never did. And and this is more control than NAFTA. I, you know, I I didn't read all the details and make a chart, but I read several evaluations. Like uh, one of them was from Forbes on the seventh. They said the USMCA shows there is no such thing as free trade. Uh, Market Watch uh, said that at best the USMCA is no improvement over the status quo. Pretty much everything I read that I trusted said that this is worse than NAFTA. Well, whenever a government wants to impose more regulation, that means uh, across the spectrum of uh, business size, the larger companies can typically handle the impact more easily than smaller companies. So what that ends up what ends up happening is the smaller companies that are can't keep can't absorb the regulatory costs. So they end up either 
going out of business or being bought out by the larger companies who can. So this just uh, catalyzes a trend towards monopolies in a lot of cases. So that's why I don't like more regulation that's just ends up being punitive in nature towards small businesses, which is why, you know, so counter to the whole concept of free trade. Yeah, it appears to not really be in the name of free trade from, from what I've seen and, you know, from what some, several trusted sources say. Even the Washington Post, I tried to – I looked for something that may be for it. Uh, the Washington Post said that uh, they expect car prices to rise, particularly small cars, because the Mexican uh, wages are going to have to go up to three times what they are now. Uh, the car companies in the U.S. said that they expected to increase jobs in the U.S. Because if the Mexican wages are the same as U.S. wages, then why would they build cars in Mexico? The AFL-CIO said they were optimistic. So I, I don't take that as a good sign. There's no question using less Asian car components will increase the cost of cars. I mean, no, nobody said that car prices are going to go down. Everything I read said car prices will go up. But Trump said it's a great deal for all three countries, and Justin Trudeau said a good day for Canada. No, I think a safe rule of thumb is whenever the government gets to meddling with industry and trade, it usually ends up being a bad thing. So I'd welcome Trump to prove me wrong, but I'm not going to be optimistic. I think Ron Paul's makes more sense than... It seems like a lot of people have that perspective. We've seen it happen in the past. Yeah, I don't know why a free trade agreement would set up a mechanism for the central banks to coordinate on monetary policy or, or make a rule about what you're allowed to name a cheese that you market across country lines or, or impose union restrictions on Mexico. And they're forcing Mexico to do the same thing. Mexico has to pass legislation to make it easier to form a union. I wonder why Mexico would buy into this whole thing if it was going to affect them that way. They were probably worried that if if Trump stopped NAFTA, and there's there's a lot of industry on the U.S. border that that relies on Me on uh, U.S. sales. I'm I'm guessing. I I don't know. I suspect that they were concerned that if they just ended NAFTA and didn't have another agreement, it would hurt Mexican economy. But you know, a sixteen dollar minimum wage in Mexico is is just so out of line with their their general wage structure. It's going to, I mean, I would just assume it's going to force all those factories to either move somewhere else or, or automate, which is expensive. So then the U.S. companies that run them are going to have to do a lot of capital investment in Mexico for more robotics. But I'm sure that, you know, the, the, the biggest supporter of this, I would think, is the robots. I think the robots are all for this. So as far as a uh, convention of, to propose amendments, um, you know, free trade is uh is something that the federal government should be encouraging not discouraging so this rule this this agreement appears to discourage free trade and i don't know what provision in the constitution makes a makes a law about 
how you can name cheese justified, but apparently they think that's okay. This is why we need to take a closer look at the regulatory jurisdiction that we've allowed the federal government to engage in. And it could be in, could be that an amendment to restrict su as such, which is what we're trying to do in Convention of States project. Sounds like a solution. Yeah, limiting the scope and authority of the federal government would would take this agreement out, most of it. Most of what I read of it. Well, I wonder, last thought on this is, and probably opens more discussion a little bit, uh, I wonder if the biggest piece of this is limiting the parts and everything coming from Asia, since about everything you pick up is from Asia, and as well as many car parts or electronics, different things like that. I wonder if that was the biggest Keeps the purpose of this. Yeah, that, that could be a factor. They're obviously going after Asia, which is going after China. That's the biggest partner, trading partner right now. So yeah, that sounds that sounds plausible anyway. That that part of this is to hit China. I I'm a little confused by it. It's supposed to be a better agreement, and it not doesn't sound like a better agreement the way that you have presented it here um i would like to trust that it's a better agreement but how it's going to affect me as a person would be higher car prices as a consumer which is not a good thing yeah that's that's one effect that's a clear effect i don't think that's an opinion from what i've read i've seen it in in too many places like half a dozen Different sources said that, and you know the steel tariffs they're doing. Uh, you know they say like there's a significant change in washer machine and dryer prices. Some fact check on length. It's a long document. For example, there's 60 pages of new intellectual property rules. The total trade it covers is about one trillion between the North American countries, relative to the U.S., which has 20 trillion in total goods and services in a year. We're talking about something equivalent to 5% of the U.S. economy. The auto industry is the biggest industry affected. Be increased prices due to increased labor costs and increased component costs. Some comparisons between the two. The automotive component origin goes from 62.5% to 75% required from North America. NAFTA has no wage requirement. The new agreement has the $16 an hour requirement. There's some currency rules that the central banks are subject to. NAFTA had a sunset clause of 16 years. The new agreement does not have a sunset clause. Mexican part wages now are $3 for component manufacturer and $7 for assembly average. Under the USMCA, it's going to 16 So the current U.S. and Canada is about $20 an hour average. The steel tariffs remain, the new steel tariffs, so they're part of the agreement. 25% U.S. imposed tariffs on steel imports from Canada and Mexico, 10% on aluminum. But pickup trucks are exempt under the new agreement. Overall, the USMCA is not that much different from NAFTA. It does add some new protectionism provisions. The biggest effect is going to be on the car industry that I can see, making car prices a little higher. 
the purpose of it, as stated in the document, is to protect legitimate public welfare objectives, the stability of the financial system and public morals, and protection and enforcement of labor rights. According to Automotive News, Trump made protectionism acceptable to a Republican Party that traditionally stood for unrestrained trade. A U.S. trade official said there's not a single automaker who prefers the new rules of origin. Automotive News also said there's a marginal benefit to the U.S. industry, but it's countered by a host of restrictions. According to the United Auto Workers, the new protections for working families are a step in the right direction. We need to ensure Mexico is going to fix weak labor laws and enforce new worker provisions. Chuck Schumer welcomed the deal. From Quora, a review said most of the changes are Democrat talking points. There isn't much difference between the current NAFTA and the USMCA, except for some minor protectionist tweaks, which will be welcomed by Democrats. Maybe that's to help it get through. I don't know. Nick Gillespie said the USMCA is, in a way, classic Trump. The New Deal isn't particularly different from the old one, but it gives the president a chance to talk up his policies. The federal government should not be picking winners and losers, favoring some businesses while hurting others, and they should not be generally mucking around with our economic activities. Dropping free trade from the name of the new agreement was good. It's honest. What can I do? We can use the Constitution's Article 5 Convention to Propose Amendments provision to stop the federal government from manipulating the economy, mucking with the money system. What we can do is restrict their scope and authority back to what the Constitution says. Visit conventionofstates.com. You can see what why and who the grassroots organization is. Read about the three topics called for in a convention to propose amendments. Restrict the power and jurisdiction of the federal government. Impose fiscal restraints and responsibility, no borrowing a trillion dollars a year. And term limits, the swamp drain amendment. At the bottom of the page, there's a plus. You can read more info about it. If you agree, hit the plus for take action, sign the petition, and join a volunteer team. Thanks for listening to Liberty Solutions. Please like us and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. We the people. We the people. We the people of the United States. In order to form a more perfect union. Establish justice. Ensure domestic tranquility. Provide for the common defense. Promote the general welfare. And secure the blessings of liberty and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity to ordain and establish this constitution do ordain and establish this constitution for the United States of America the question facing us and facing our fellow countrymen is a two word question very simply who decides the American founders had a simple answer we the people decide